Hi there, my name is Pav, and along with Jacob, I'm one of the hosts of the Top of Off podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to us have a chat about cricket and make fun of each other in the process. As a reminder, you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Top of Off podcast. Um, And yes, we have reached 10 episodes. We actually have done that. We've actually Uh, managed it. So we are now on uh, double figures, 10 not out so far. (laughs) Better than Joe Denley ever did. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, And we are going to be looking today at um, day five, so the final day of the second test between England and the West Indies, uh, which played at Old Trafford. Um, We're going to look at that and we're also going to give a bit of time to look at going forward, looking ahead to the the next test and then the series against Pakistan um, and the rest of the summer, really. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a very sort of varied episode with, with a lot of different parts to it, but we hope you enjoy it. Jake will stop us off with the, uh, overview of the day. That's it. Yes, I will. So day five began poised on a knife edge with England into bat. Um, they had lost both Butler and Crawley the night before, obviously Stokes and Butler opening the batting in the attempt to get quick runs. So they began with Stokes and Root at the crease. The two formed a solid partnership with pretty defined roles. Joe Root was just knocking it around, trying to get the singles, get Stokes back on strike, eventually being run out by Alzari Joseph on 22 off 58, sacrificing his own wicket just to get Ben Stokes back on strike, which brought Ollie Pope to the crease. And that's how it stayed, really, that only 19 overs were bowled. Ben Stokes smashed several boundaries, four fours, three sixes, with a strike rate of 136 to finish with 78 of 57 balls. And Ollie Pope stayed in well, also with a strike rate of 171, making 12 of his seven. Uh, Stokes particularly impressed with some big shots down the ground and a pretty outrageous for the latest of late cuts, just a, a ed, almost an edge, a kind of run down to third man, beautifully played for four, um, which led to the declaration from Joe Root on 129 for three, setting the West Indies a target of, I believe, 311? 311. Uh, BBC Sport is not telling me. But it was, it 311, was, I believe, was the target for the West Indies. So that's how the West Indies innings began. They needed 311 runs or to bat out the remaining 89 overs, or no, 85 overs, sorry. Um, Whereas England needed 10 wickets. Uh, So Craig Brathwaite and John Campbell opened for the West Indies as usual. Campbell was the first to go uh, with his wicket falling after just five balls being uh, edged behind to Butler off Broad's bowling. Uh, Broad, very cunning bowling, hung one up there, got Campbell very elegantly drove him for four. Then Broad put it on exactly the same spot, just swung it in instead of out. Campbell nicked off and after a very good and very late review from Joe Root, he was judged to have edged the ball to the keeper. Craig Brathwaite, the key wicket 
the man who'd been stick around for a while, was the next to go uh, after seven overs, 7.6 overs. There was a, either a wide or a no ball in the over, leaving the West Indies 19 for two as he was bowled LBW by Wokes on 12. Then England were held up a little bit by the partnership of Shea Hope and Shamar Brooks. Um, only for one over, though, actually. I'm Sorry, I've got that completely wrong. Only for one over were they held up until Shea Hope was bowled by Broad. Absolute beauty of a ball, nipping back in from outside the line of our stump and taking, in a, in a clear plug for our podcast, top of off, absolutely <laughs> smashed. Um, which brought Roston Chase to the crease. Sadly for the West Indies, um, only another six or so overs were lasted with Roston Chase getting out for six of 19 balls, trapped LBW by Broad, leaving the West Indies 37 for four, going in to lunch. It was at this point that England's rampant bowling attack was held up by the partnership of Brooks and Blackwood. A further 38 overs going past before Black, uh, with, with the two building nicely before Blackwood, having made 55, was caught by Butler off an aggressive delivery from Stokes. Stokes again with the key wicket. Um, Dowrich then very unfortunately in the next over, got his pair, duck in both innings, being trapped in front by Wokes off five balls for naught. The danger man and the, the man who was really holding them up, Shamar Brooks, was the next to go, 10 overs later, 12 overs later, sorry, on 161 for seven, leaving the West Indies. Um, Brooks being trapped in front again by Sam Curran, 62 runs off 136 balls. The key statistic there being 207 minutes taken up by him. However, from there, it was relatively quick progress for England. A absolute ripper of a ball from Don Bess, finally bowling from the right end, removed Jason Holder through the gate, crashing middle stump after 62.5 overs. Alzari Joseph was the next to go he got a little too aggressive with his shot making and was caught by Bess in the gully off Stokes. And then finally off Bess's bowling, an outrageous catch from Ollie Pope at short leg, removed Kemar Roach, leaving the West Indies 198 all out after 70 overs, having not lasted the 85 overs they needed to. And so England won this nail-biting test match by 113 runs. Actually, quite a dominant display from England in the end, although it wasn't always seeming like it would be that way. It's a, been another um, very tense, very, uh, very, very good game of cricket from both teams um, in this series. So that's two really good tests we've had in this series so far. Um, and it's really, more than anything, it's been a, um, a, a very good representation of test cricket as, as a format. And it's really shown... Um, is really shown just how good test matches can be. You know, if, if everything goes the right way, if the pieces fall in the right way to make it just tense enough, 
they can be really good games and they can they can be really exciting. So so that was brilliant. Um, so and it did of, right down to the last hour as well. It was yeah, on yeah. the stroke of the last hour that best removed Roach for the final wicket. Even yeah. though it seemed a little inevitable by then that the West Indies weren't going to make it, the fact that it got down to the final hour of the fifth day, echoes of yeah. Monty and Jimmy Anderson at yeah. Cardiff. Yeah, uh, you, you thought, oh, they they might just hold them up. The pitch was looking a bit tricky, but <laughs> you know, it 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 was a nail biting finish actually, and it was it, it was, was really very good. good, a very good bowling performance from England. Oh, it was it was a very good game, um, especially from England. Um, so we usually start these episodes with a stat, um, and all of the usual stats, you know, in terms of how dominant England were or just how good England were. Ben Stokes made set the record for well. Firstly, on, on, on day two, um, Ben Stokes made um, the slowest 100 of his career. And then on day five, Ben Stokes made the fast, set the record for the fastest 50 by an England opener ever. Um, on his debut opening, I believe. First ever yeah, time he opened yeah, the batting. First time he opened. In a then, it was actually um, Alistair Cook who he took that record from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what we're saying here is that Ben Stokes is a better opener than Alistair Cook. Discuss. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's that's that, that's the most controversial thing we're gonna. That it's not going to even be the most controversial thing we'll ever say. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, what it shows is just how um, complete of a player Ben Stokes is and has become. Because not only can he bat restrained, and he, he not, not only can he bat so that he stays in and and scores slowly but he can also then take the game to another team and bat aggressively and really take the shackles off if he needs to. So, so it's really, it, it, and both of those aspects of Ben Stokes have been shown in this test. Um, so yeah, so, so that stat of um, this was, he set the record for the fastest 50 by an England opener is one stat. But then I wanted to have a look at another stat, which I found myself, which is that on the BBC Sport cricket page, on their front page, um, there are 14 articles on their front page. This morning, eight of those 14 articles uh, were about Ben Stokes. So, so <laughs> it shows just how important he's become and just how influential he's become as well. Um, it's, it's well, I, I've seen some of those eight articles and they have... Well, first of all, the, the, the one I was most pleased to see was the headline, Ben Stokes absolutely fine after injury worry. Yeah. Yeah. He did pull up at the end of that um, second innings. He couldn't complete his over. We all thought, oh, has he gone a bit too far? Um, and and somehow he hasn't. I, I mean, God, how is he not? Yeah. Um, he's, but, he's, no, it, it's really, it's Ben Stokes for president at the moment, isn't it? Because, yeah. my God, I, I'm just looking at some of his his numbers on the on the scorecard. And he was in batting for over 410 balls. Yeah. Um, he then bowled, if I just check, he bowled in excess of 27 overs, That's taking, perfect. I believe, three wickets, if he took one in the first. Yes, uh, three wickets, yeah. all of which were quite key wickets. In the first, he removed... Uh, Craig Brathwaite, who'd stuck around for 165 balls. And yeah. then in the second, he got Blackwood, who was holding England up quite mightily. So 
and he's just amazing, isn't he? And he, he's yeah. probably he's definitely the best player, all well, all rounder, but definitely the best player in the team at the moment. He's just moved. Oh, he's, up he's past, statistically now become the best all rounder in the world. He's just passed Jason Holder, which yeah. must feel quite nice. Um, <laughs> he's one of the BBC Sport articles. He was claimed as right up there with both of them. I, yeah. He's definitely yeah. as good as both of them. He's fantastic. And the the moment for me, which really, more than anything, showed how unbelievable a player he is, was when he bowled, got straight driven, realised that he didn't have a mid oh, on a, uh, yeah. No, it was a mid-off. Didn't have a mid-off. And so turned around. Most bowlers would just go, oh, I've just been driven before. Hang their head. He turned around. He sprinted back to the boundary and dived and swept it back from boundary, threw into where he just bowled from. My God, it's superhuman stuff from Ben. It's amazing. Absolutely and, spectacular. I, I mean, if he carries on like this, he's, he's definitely man of the series. As we will both discuss later in our little ending segment, but I'm sure we'll both have him down as man of the day and man of the match for England. Yeah. He was utterly fantastic. And I... I we we moan a little bit both on the pod and and in private about how much this team relies on Ben Stokes, but how fortunate we are to have him and oh yeah yeah definitely you know I, I I'll even go so far as to say kind of at, at this point that there really is no Flintoff there is no Botham Ben Stokes is the man is when it comes to England all rounders and I yeah, think he's the yeah. best we've ever had I mean I mean he, he's 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 definitely shown that he will. Go well. He has gone beyond Flintoff and Botham already, but mm. he's definitely shown that when we turn around in ten years, five, ten years time, you know, and look at well, if, if he's not still at that point, <laughs> but but when when we turn around at that point, you know, and think about what defines an English all rounder, and you know, just how good is that position, we we will be able to see just how far ahead of, of everyone else Ben Stokes is and was. Um, and I mean, it, it, it's. I suppose you could say that he can't be, uh, he can't be compared to Botham or Flintoff because he's a natural continuation of the two. You know, you mm. have Botham to start with, and then you, and he, he really defined the mould for an all rounder. And then you get to Flintoff, who redefined it again for an English all rounder. Um, and then, and then I suppose Stokes is just that the next of that of, of those generational talents that come through. So I suppose that you can't really compare them because they're they're all continuations of each other in a series. But he just he just makes it look so easy. Yeah. And we we look at him and go, how how do you do it? How how can you do that? It's he makes it look fantastically easy, and he's oh, doing yeah. spectacularly difficult things. Um, key stat for you, and because you like our, our stats and the stat battle. Ben Stokes also in this match became the first person in English cricketing history to score over 250 runs and take more than two wickets in a match. Yeah. It's, he's, it's, it's, he's unbelievable. And if he'd been allowed to carry on, he would have had um, both, hundreds in both innings, I have no doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That second innings, if, if there wasn't the time pressure, if it was if it was day four that that, that innings were being played on, um, he, he's there, definitely. Um, just just because of how um, spectacularly he's been playing, nothing can touch him at the moment at all. You it, know, just make, it just makes you think slightly. 
if he can if he can come in with a with the new ball, the new ball yeah. as well, and do that, he's he's on another planet. And, oh, he is, and he is. He's, he's 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 superhuman at this point. You know, he's he's operating yeah. at a level that's so much higher than anyone else. Um, it's it, it's it's just frankly, it, it shouldn't happen. It shouldn't be allowed to happen. It well, the, <laughs> there was there was a BBC Sport article, um, one of the eight about him, which I fully agree with the headline of. I I truly agree and believe that Stokes can come through not only as the best all-rounder in the world, but as the best batsman in the world. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think he has the potential to overtake Coley and Smith and Williamson and Root. And I, I think he, he yeah. I don't know if as a batsman he's officially overtaken Root yet, but he's certainly performing better than him. Well, but, his, his, um, so um, obviously his, his career average is, is about 35 or something like that, which is good, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't say it's, you know, world beating. Mm. However, you think that Marnus Labuschagne or Steve Smith, you know, players like that, they have averages in, in the 60s at this point. Um, since the start of last year, so, so since the first test against the West Indies at the start of last year in 2019, um, Stokes has played 13 or 14 tests, something like that. He's played, he's played a, a decent amount of test cricket, so, so a decent amount of innings. And his average since the start of 2019 is 62.4 or something like that. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's right up he is. He's right up there, and I have no doubt that he he could topple Steve Smith. Oh yeah, and he he could be better than him. And I mean, it's going to be a. I, I think the battle, him versus Steve Smith in um, Australia next next winter is going to be a thrilling battle. It's and even sooner than that, him and Kohli in yeah. January in yeah. India. Um, obviously, advantage Kohli because it's in India, but I think Stokes. As far as I remember, quite liked it out there as well, and yeah, I think I think that'll be a fantastic thing to watch. That's going to be um, good. Yeah. And, yeah, and it'll just be good as, as the little fanboys that we are to see Virat <laughs> Kohli again, because we lo- we love a bit of Kohli. Um, you know, we yeah. we uh, I, I I don't like to admit something this raunchy on camera, but we do sit and just watch videos of Virat Kohli cover driving occasionally. <laughs> and uh, we make we make some noises, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we have been known to do this, actually. <laughs> so um, that you know, that'll be nice yeah. as well. But uh, yeah. no, it's going to be. Maybe we should very swiftly move on from that. We should. Let, let's move on. Um, let's move on to England. Won, you know, as, as as we know, and they won very convincingly in, in the end, um, and and really squared the series up. It, the third test is going to be really interesting. So just before we move on to looking ahead, what did England do well to win? And where did the West Indies slip up? Uh, the West Indies, I think... Uh, I, I don't know if the West Indies did much wrong. I think there were times in the second innings where their batsmen maybe had had wishful thinking about possibly winning the game, putting the series to bed. They seemed a little bit aggressive. They went... Um, Campbell's an example of this big booming drive before another one on the same spot thinks he can do it again leave it it's outside the off stump just leave it You're, they were never going to win that game realistically in the time that they had so what they needed to do was was kind of park the bus in, in soccer terms and completely shut down big blockathon yeah. yeah it would have been dull to watch but I think that's the, be- the best chance they had and that would have retained them the wisdom trophy yeah. However, 
England won the game. The West Indies didn't lose it. The West Indies played very well, actually, and, and pretty composed. Um, Campbell dropping Stokes on 30 was a huge moment because I don't think anyone else could have um, could have done what Stokes did and, and put England in the commanding position as mm. quickly as he did. So that's big. But other than that, the West Indies didn't make a lot of mistakes. It was a, a fantastic bowling attack, fantastic bowling performance by them. Um, you know, Stuart Broad, he seems quite annoyed at having been left out of the last test. Um, so he decided to come in and just destroy, yeah. which, he, which he did quite effectively. Chris Wokes, who's, who's shockingly underrated because of his performances abroad, um, came in with uh, two wickets, economy rate of 2.12, um, only bested by Broad in the wickets column and, and Stokes in the economy column. So he played really well, other than Root, who bowled one over for naught. But we don't <laughs> care. <laughs> um, but, I, I do like it when, when Joe Root starts bowling. Um, oh, he, he just looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, Although he he he, t- he has taken wickets, he's got Test wickets. He took um, he took Steve Smith's wicket back yeah, in the last Ashes series um, in in Australia. But it was a, it was just a really fantastic performance yeah. all round, um, with possibly the exception of Don Best, but that was because he was misused a bit, and we'll get onto that because I'm quite annoyed yeah. about that. Yeah, no doubt. Um, as an off spinner, I get quite annoyed about these that, things. That's something we've got to address at some point. Yeah, but. It, it was just really well bowled from England. They they played well. Um, they got the key wickets at the key times. Brathwaite going early. He could have held them up for ages. Yeah. Other than that, Brooks and Blackwood were the most likely people to hold them up based on form. And they did. But then um, the two golden arms of England, Sam Curran and Ben Stokes, got involved. And they just have a knack for taking wickets. And they took the big ones at the right times. Yeah, and um, I, I just want to touch on. Sorry, carry on. I just want to touch on Sam Curran um, now that you've mentioned him, because yeah, I mean, rightly so. A lot of the spotlight from this test is going to be on Ben Stokes because well, because of what he did. Um, but we have to remember that Sam Curran was very instrumental in taking a few wickets as well. Um, yeah, and there were a few important wickets, and he's one of those players who sometimes flies under the radar a bit but he's he, he does make things happen and it's but he, he can get um i mean he he can turn a match around and he, he can sort of start things up if they've if they've stalled or stopped a bit and and you know it, it showed because some of the some of his bowling with with a ball that that was rapidly um, you know getting very old and rapidly losing its shape and everything like that um, his bowling was 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 really good and and did take wickets. So we have to give a mention to Sam Curran because he did make things happen. We we just have to keep an eye in terms of of where he goes from here on the weather forecast, because we've seen on this Old Trafford pitch <clears throat> when the West Indies had in their first bowling innings um, when they bowled with overcast conditions, the ball moved for eighty overs. But once the sun came out in England's bowling innings, particularly the second innings. As soon as the sun came out, pitch and ball, flat and dead, nothing in it. Um, And Sam Curran is a man who performs best when there is a lot of swing in the air. He's a very Um, sort of, um, he's a bowler that's suited very much to to English conditions. Yeah, same same with Wokes. He and Wokes are very similar. And and that's why it's great that we've got such depth, because 
if we didn't have that depth, we'd be relying on him and Wokes to back up Anderson and Broad in Australia, and they're just right. not suited to those conditions. Yeah. Um, Curran, you know, he likes to push it across, push it across, push it across. Then you got that big in swinger, Mitchell Stark style, but not quite as fast, obviously. Being, um, yeah, yeah, he he's he's a good bowler, but want, if the ball's not doing much, which it may not in the next test, yeah. um, which is why, spoiler alert, he he's not in my team for the next test. Ooh, ooh. Um, ooh. not that I don't think he deserves a place because he's yeah. a fantastic bowler, but he he there's such strength in depth now it, it it's hard to to get yeah. in that team yeah no for definite um okay brilliant um i i would say i, I just add to this obviously we've spoken about sam Curran, um but but the west indies as well i just want to say they they did they didn't play objectively poorly but compared to the standards they were at in the last test they played they they, they weren't as good they definitely weren't as good um, and I think they just going forward, they just need to take heart from the fact that they played well in the last test. They won the last test, so they can do that again. And they just have to chalk this up to the fact that they were tired. And also, I think this is the most important thing is that they had this sort of preoccupation with winning the series um, and, and, and doing that by winning the test. And had they just focused on, on, just, on, on just getting through the test and drawing the test when it became apparent that they wouldn't have won. Um, I, I think that they would have done better. So I think it was the, that mental thing as well, that, that precipice of we're on the verge of winning our first series in 30 years in England. Um, I think that probably ramped up the nerves more than it had any right to. Um, and, and, and so I think for, for the next test, obviously it's going to be harder for the next test because it's a decider, but they just need to control those nerves and they just need to make sure that they don't get too put off by that fact and, and by that thought. Yeah, I think actually their batting improved. Um, yeah. I may, maybe not entirely numerically. You know, Brathwaite did well, but in the second innings when he needed to, he didn't quite stay in as long as he usually does, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But actually, the overall solidity of their batting lineup improved, and with a few tweaks, which you will see in my prediction of a West <laughs> Indies team for next time. Well, it's not a prediction; it's a sort of fantasy booking. But um, yeah, with a few tweaks, it could be even stronger. Yeah. But the problem was their bowling wasn't on the level it was in the last test. And that was their, their ace card. Their strong suit was their bowling. And it, it, it particularly, well, Shannon Gabriel kind of epitomised this. But he, he works as an analogy for the entire bowling attack. They looked tireder. They looked stiffer. They looked less accurate, a um, little slower. And, and just in general, I, I think they... They didn't bowl as well as they needed to, and, and oh, that's yeah. what yeah. lost them the game ultimately, as well as all the good things that England did. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I agree with you there, um, and I think that I think that for, for for a Test team that is so lauded for its um, uh, for, for its bowling attack and especially its pace bowling attack, it, it was just they, they had they had a, they had a rare off day and probably an understandable off day as well, given the. The, the lengths that they've gone without high level cricket and then playing two test matches of, of the highest level back to back, you know, you could probably, you could probably excuse them for this game or if not excuse them, you could probably understand why it happened. And I think that's one thing is not to, especially for the West Indies team, not to, it, it's not panic stations at this point and not to jump to conclusions. You know, this is still a very, very good side. It was just, it, it was just the circumstances, I think. 
and, and, and they did play a big part in that. Okay. Um, Before we move on, can we talk about Don Bess a little bit? Because it, it's yeah, yeah. I was actually I, I was going to bring this up in the next segment actually that we were going to do. It, it um, slightly annoyed me how he was used because um, it, effectively, so for those of who who don't know, the two ends at Old Trafford are the James Anderson end and the Brian Statham end. And from the James Anderson end, so named after Oh Jimmy 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 Anderson. Um, <laughs> It, it generally works very well for him because the breeze blows across that uh, the pitch. The pit, uh, I think the pitch is north to south, isn't it? Yeah. So the breeze comes from the east across that pitch. Um, that's it for Jimmy Anderson. I don't know which way it comes across. The breeze comes across the pitch, taking the ball away from the right-hander from the Jimmy Anderson end. Um, so... Obviously, that, that's the end a lot of the seamers wanted to bowl from. But that is the end Don Best should have been bowling from. Yeah. And he didn't get that chance because he was stuck on the other end from all the seamers, except Sam Curran, who obviously wants to bowl with the wind, taking the ball back into the right-hander for his in-swinger. So Don Bess and Sam Curran ended up bowling at the same end, which was completely counterproductive because he want the left, handers foot uh, the left arm seamers foot marks for the right arm off spinner outside the right-handed batsman's off stump so them bowling from the same end was completely counterproductive also the breeze was working against bess because he wants the ball to drift away from the right hander and spin back in obviously it was drifting in and then spinning in meaning a lot went down the leg side yes his length was inconsistent but i think he was battling against his circumstance and my evidence for this is that in the final throws of the game, they stuck him on at the Jimmy Anderson end and he took two wickets, including the key one of Jason Holder with an absolute beauty. Yeah. yeah. And, and what annoyed me about this is that Don Bess is a young bowler. He's relatively inexperienced. And I understand that the senior bowler will get his choice of ends and, and Stuart Broad and Chris Wokes, they did. Well, Chris Wokes, not always because Stuart Broad did, but Stuart Broad got his choice of ends and he wanted to go from the Anderson end. Irritatingly, I, I think Broad is good enough to bowl from the other end. And I think he would have got wickets from the other end. And he, he, he's very capable. And when you have a young spinner like Best, when spin hasn't always been prevalent in this team and we need to build that up next, put him on for a good few overs. When Broad's resting... Put him on for a good few overs at the Jimmy Anderson and let's see what he can do. Because there's, there's, there's no reason he can't. There's no reason he can't be played from there. And because yeah, he isn't going to bowl every, every over of the game. So, you know, there will be overs where he's resting. And there, so you know, it, it just frustrated me. It just frustrated me the way he was used. And, and the fact that they were so kind of tactically unaware of bowling the off spinner and the left arm seamer yeah. from the same end. Um, which really didn't help Bess. I, I, I felt very bad for him. It, you know, I, I like him a lot. Um, as much as we like Amar Vidi, I'm a big fan of Don Bess. And I, I like the control he brings. And he didn't bring that control in this test match and until the last few yeah. overs had quite a bad test match. But I, I don't think it was entirely his fault. Yes, he's, he's got stuff he needs to work on, particularly consistency of length when the conditions aren't right for him. I think that yeah, I, I think it's important. I think it's important to say that 
there was obviously the the end that he bowled from um was a factor in why earlier in, in, in the innings and especially in the first innings, you know, there wasn't he didn't have much of an impact as a spinner. Um but we also have to say that there are some inconsistencies with his length. Um, and they do need to be addressed because, you know, it was quite alarming that it's 29, something like 29% of his deliveries, um, and, and it was only 29% of his deliveries were on an attacking length. Um, and that, for, for, you know, for, for a top level spinner, you need to be more consistent than that with your length. Um, and, and if he was more consistent, he probably would take a few more wickets. Um, but that's, that's not to detract from the skill that he has. And also that England did mismanage him, I, I, and, and, I, and I do agree that. He was also the most expensive of the bowlers, which you don't want to see from your offspin. Yeah. But I think part of that was the end he was bowling from. I, I mean, he bowled 15 overs, and I think he bowled his last three or four from the James Anderson end, and in those three or four overs took two wickets and didn't go for all that many runs. I don't have the exact statistics, but um, yeah. yeah, I I think... The fact that he only really got on that end when he was bowling in tandem with Stokes, yeah, and then Root when Stokes when he finished Stokes was over after he got hurt. Um, first of all, shows how he was mismanaged, and secondly shows what a fantastic cricketer Ben Stokes is because he doesn't care which end you give him, he doesn't care, yeah, uh, you know, and he's a senior player in that squad. He could have picked his end, yeah. He he didn't care. He did and what, was, it, it what was best for the other bowlers. Yeah, I, I, and I was going to say, I suppose it shows that there is this aspect of Ben Stokes um, where he is a very, um, he's, he's very committed to the team and, and he, he, is, he is a very good team player. Um, and, and that was shown actually, um, a video going around of just after the game finished, when all the players were coming off, going up to the, um, uh, going back into the dressing rooms and obviously you had the reserve players there you know standing in applauding everyone um and you know this, this is no slight against every other player that, that was on the pitch because they they were all good they, they, they're all good um but you know none of them um you know the end of that line of england players and and gave them all sort of fist bumps um and and that inspired. I, I think it was Root. I, I I think Root would have done it anyway. But it inspired. I think Chris Rokes was behind him as well. It inspired Rokes to, uh, to, to acknowledge these reserve players as well. Um, so he does have a big bearing on the team culture, and mm. he's a very good team player. And that's something to talk about with with Stokes as well. And, and you could see, first of all, you know, Bess wasn't just oh, I had a bit of a bad day. He was he yeah. was hot about it he was frustrated yeah. um and you can see that in his dismissal of jason holder he um i don't know if holder had been chirping him or not but he had some <laughs> words for holder which uh if you if you were a lip reader um well let's let's i'll just say i hope none of your children are lip readers because they weren't <laughs> the pleasant words but he yeah. he definitely had some words and he was he was frustrated and, and you could see ben stokes as well as well, much to his credit you yeah. talk about the team culture and and with those reserve players, he was the first one with his arm around Bess just saying, look, it's all right. We've got you on the end you want now. You've got wickets. Great job, yeah. mate. Great job. Yeah. And he, he, as you say, he is an enforcer on the field in terms of his bowling. But I, I think he's also, in a gentler sense, an enforcer of the team culture. And I think... And, I think and such an important leader in that, in that group. 
I think when we talk about team culture, it's not just him as well. I think I think um, Joe Root is the same in the Root fundamentally is, is, is a very decent guy. You know, he's, he's a really nice guy. Um, and people who've met him in real life say that. Um, and obviously there was that incident um, uh, when, when England were in the West Indies last year with, with Shannon Gabriel. Um, when Shannon Gabriel said something about being gay and, and used it as an insult and, and Root turned around and said, oh, actually, hang on, there's nothing wrong with being gay. You know, it showed that he's, he, he is a decent guy. Um, and so I think that this England culture is much healthier and in much better position than it was 10 years or, or 15 years ago in that it's, it's probably not as toxic an environment, especially for young players. And mm-hmm. that really helps with reducing the pressure on them. So that's why I think Jofra, um, you know, go, going back to Jofra's situation, I think Jofra will have, um, well, we're getting a lot of support, not just from um, the management, but also from other players. And apparently there's been stories that, uh, you know, there's some of the players in the England camp, and I think, I think we know who, you know, it'll be, it'll be Stokes, Root, and some of the other senior players have actually volunteered when uh, when Jofra was was in isolation, volunteered to go and deliver his meals to him. Mm. Um, so that obviously they had, they would have to keep a distance, but they could have a chat with him and stuff. So, you know, it's um it shows that these 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 England players and this England dressing room is is a good place to be right now, um, which you can't you you, you know you, and and people say and you know people do dismiss team culture sometimes you know saying that as long as a team is winning it doesn't really matter, um, but team culture does play a part. Yeah, we saw that with how Australia unraveled, you know, and 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 how the team culture there almost fed into their lack of success in the end, and fed into how they had to rebuild themselves because they got to such a low point. So, so it's really important, I think, for us to mention, and it, and it bears a mention. Um, and and talking about the Australian case, the the way that they changed their team culture, especially with yeah. Tim Payne coming in as captain and yeah. and a few of the, the oh, guys changing their ways. Do love um, and and also the Shall we call it the mellowing of David Warren? <laughs> um, it, irritated man to Ooh. kind of slightly calm, does yeah. TikToks with his daughter sort of well, thing. We, um, um, we, we, we all have, um, especially England fans, have very strong opinions on David Warren. So <laughs> we won't go there. But he definitely softened out. But I, I think yeah. you're, you're entirely right. This England dressing room is a much better place to be. And, and as an England fan, it's so fantastic to hear that, yeah. given the struggles England have had with uh, team culture and, and stuff in the past. Mo- Monty Panasar has been very vocal about the kind of mental health side of it. No. Um, there's a fantastic uh, documentary, I believe, on Amazon Prime, which we've both watched, called The Edge, um, about the, I think, isn't it 2013, 14 England team? Yeah, so, so it goes through, um, it, it goes through the, the, the rebuilding of England's team um, for sort of 2009, 2010, you know, to make them the best team in the world. But then also talks about how they did that at the expense of of what was a healthy culture um, yeah. and, and then how things all fell apart in Australia. And that's a, a fantastic documentary to watch and, and kind of understand the, the history of the England team in that sense. Um, on the Joffre situation, yeah, I, I really doubt there's any focus in that group of players on the the, the sort of, the perspective that Ashley Giles gave, yeah. which is, oh, it, it was dangerous and it was foolish and it could have cost us millions and it could have ruined cricket. I don't think they'll be focusing on it yeah. at all. I think the main focus will be, Joffre's made a mistake. We've all forgiven him for it. And now let's get him back in the team. Keep him, yeah. um, you know, keep his well-being in a good state. And, and as you said, 
with Stokes and Root and those other senior guys just looking after the younger players, which is something we didn't see 10 years yeah. ago. There was, there was really the opposite of that looking after of players. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think that's really fantastic to hear. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so we've spoken a lot about England. We've spoken a lot about this test as well, and especially, and, and also we've touched on the West Indies and this test. Um, so looking ahead, what do England do with their bowling attack? Because this is, this was a the England bowling attack in this game was fantastic, and it wasn't just fantastic in that one that everyone else, you know, um, every other bowler softened up batsman, and then one bowler took the wickets. Every bowler chipped in. You know, there was um, uh, Stokes took three, I think. Yeah, Stokes in the match. Yeah, yeah. Broad took three in the innings, um, and then it was figures of two, two, and one for, for the other bowlers. So everyone took, everyone chipped in basically. I, I can give you the numbers actually. In oh yeah, match, yeah, yeah. In in the in the match, Broad took six, Wokes took five. Curran took three, Best took three, and Stokes took three. Yeah, and and usually what happens is that you'll get maybe one or two senior or, or really good bowlers will have the majority of the wickets, and then there'll be a gap, and you know your, your spinner or your 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 sort of secondary bowlers might take um, one or two wickets each. But here, you've seen it, it's very even. Everyone has taken about the same amount of wickets and it's very spread out. So if this bowling attack did really well in, in those conditions on, in, in Old Trafford, and given that the weather forecast for the next test looks like it will replicate those conditions in that it's going to be overcast and there's, there's a threat of rain on some days as well. Um, and, and also it's going to be at the same ground. So it'll be on presumably sort of the, the same sort of pitch obviously it would be on a different pitch but it'll be on the same sort of yeah it'll be prepared in the same way um what do england do with with this huge depth that they have in their bowling lineup who 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 gets left out and who gets sort of um who, who gets selected because there are going to be some difficult conversations to have um because someone is going to have to going to have to you know accept that they're not going to be playing so who's it going to be well, is this a good time to start yeah. a massive argument and compare the teams which we have pre-prepared and, and the teams? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to make clear, I don't know if you've, if you've written it in this way, but the way I've written it is, this is not the team I think will be taken into the test. This is a team I would like to see taken into the test. Um, I so, so mine I did with the sort of thinking that this is it's both in that this is the team I would like to see, but also I, I thought that this is, this is actually the team that I think will also be selected. Okay. I think there's a, there's a few in my team who probably won't be selected, Yeah. but this is the team I would very much like to see going in. Um, yeah, that that's what I'll say. Yeah. So should we do England first? Let's do England first. Yeah. Would you like to go first or shall I? I, I shall go, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. So I've just got it up on my phone, what I've written out before. Mm -hmm. um, so my 11 for the next test would be um, Burns and Sibley opening. So Burns, Sibley, Crawley, Root, Stokes, Butler, Pope, Curran, Wood, Bess and Jimmy. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I, I disagree on a few of those and on the order of some players. Do you want to give your England team out? 
Yeah, so I've got Sibley and Burns opening. Yeah. Then Crawley at three, Root at four, Stokes at five, Pope at six, because that's where he's been playing. Then, pursuant to my previous remarks about Josh, Josh Butler on the last pod, <laughs> I've included Ben Folks yeah. because I think he's the man to go forward with. Then Bess at eight, Archer at nine, and then Broad and Anderson. Okay, okay, I see. Um, and I'll tell you for why. Go on, go on. Um, Give me your reason why, and then, my, then I'll come up with, with my reasons why I, I think that maybe, um, wh- wh- why I don't agree. My reasoning is, I, I think absolutely that, and, um, you know, people like Wood, Curran, uh, Wokes, they all deserve a place in this team. But, and this is Anderson's home ground. He takes his wickets at 12 apiece yeah. on this ground. You can't leave him out. Especially after he's been rested, and he's also got a bloody end named after him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he's got he's got an end named after him. You have to let him bowl from that end. Uh, secondly, Stuart Broad is in with Anderson. I I considered breaking them up. I thought you know, as well, a lot of the bowlers, particularly in their second test, they started to look a bit more hurt and stiff. Yeah. I think after the first test, Stuart Broad will take a chainsaw to Chris Silverwood if he doesn't <laughs> select him. For this test, I, I I think there's no way you're keeping Stuart Broad out of that team yeah. after taking six wickets last time, and, and Broad made some very good points in in interviews and stuff. He said, you know, I, people keep talking about me in the same bracket as Anderson, and in, in a way that's an honour. But also, I'm four years younger than Anderson. I've I've got more yeah. time. You don't need to think about getting rid of me just yet. Yeah. Um. So as he said about Anderson, Anderson between the ages of 34 and now he's 38. Um, in a couple of weeks, he took another hundred Test wickets. Why can't Broad do thirty? So, yeah. you know, I don't think you're keeping Broad out this Test. Oh no, um, Archer I included ahead of Wood. I think Archer has, while Wood is faster, I think Archer has more more potency and more potential on this pitch. Mm. Um, and he didn't play the last Test. Obviously, if he had played the last Test, I would have had Wood in. And you just, England just look, looked at sometimes while they bowled well, at sometimes they looked like a bit of extra pace would have just unsettled the batsman on a, on a quickening surface with a bit of uneven bounce. It, it would have made things a bit more difficult. Uh, you have to have a spinner in. I'm sticking with Bess. I'm confident in him. I, I think he should be used from the Jimmy Anderson end if the breeze is going. But I don't think he... If you'd asked me before he took two wickets in a catch, I'd said I'd have said Jack Leach probably coming in. Yeah. Um, but especially when there's only one left-hander in the team, I'd, I'd say, yeah, Don Bess is still your man. Uh, ben Folks, I explained about Joss Butler. I, I think he's run out of chances, and I think Folks is a more test-like wicketkeeper batsman. Yeah. And then the rest of the order is pretty much standard as England have and, and for all the same reasons. Um, <clears throat> Pope was looking in better touch. Stokes is obviously a superstar. Root will only get better. Crawley, yeah, he got a duck. He, he, he proved himself. He um, got a duck in an 11, but with, with, by the way, a, a horrific shot from him in the second innings. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, it was made into a club cricket meme, just the... <laughs> The freeze frame of his stumps getting knocked out the ground where he's done this massive drive and gone, yeah, it was an absolute beauty, mate. Nothing I could have done with it. Um, but he's a, he's a very good player and, and I yeah. think he deserves another chance. Uh, and then Burns struggling a, a bit for touch, but he's 
again, a, a fantastic opener. And yeah. Sibley, obviously, with that century in the last game, you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't leave him. Out. You can't drop him. Okay, so that's your that's your England team. Uh, so I agree with you about basically the whole top five. You know, Burn, Sibley, Crawley, Root, and Stokes are, are going to be playing, and and they should play because they I mean, Root and Stokes are um, Crawley. Yeah, he got he got a duck on eleven, as you said. Um, but he did take he he did make seventy two in the second innings in Southampton. So he you know he um, and 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 he is looking in good touch. And also he, he's a valuable option if you need if you get into a situation again where you need to up the scoring rate because he he, he can he can play fast if he needs to. Um, Sibley, you can't leave him out. He's proved himself. He's he's done brilliantly in this test. Um, and then Burns is. You say he's struggling a bit for touch, but you know he hasn't played all that badly this series. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd keep Burns in as well. Where I begin to diverge with you is Joss Butler. I think that Joss Butler, and I've said this, I said, I've said this before as well. Um, I think that Joss Butler will come good in Test cricket eventually, and I think that he's got the potential, um, and. I think that all it needs is is for him to have one good innings, and and he will find that form. He'll, he'll find that confidence. It, it's a confidence issue more than anything. It's not really about skill. He, you know, he he he's a very skillful player. Um, it's just about the confidence and 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 the mental side of the game. Um, so I would keep Butler in. I, I'd give him another chance. You know, and and I I do have to say it would just be one more chance. You know, he he wouldn't get any more than one, but I think he deserves another chance. Out of interest, why did you move him up the order and put Pope down? So I moved Butler up. Just Stokes and Butler would be a great partnership to see. Um, but also, I think that when we, we saw it, it lasted three balls. <laughs> yeah, Butler that was it onto his stumps. But that was in a different circumstance. That that was in a very specific circumstance. In, in the circumstance made for <laughs> Josh twenty over Butler. <laughs> They literally um, I, played nineteen overs. I'd 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 keep um, I I so I'd I'd move Butler. I, I've moved Butler up, um, because yeah, because I want to see him play with Stokes more. But also, um, by the point you're five down, as long as England bat like they did in the last innings, by the point you're five down, you're looking to accelerate, and so if you have if you can have Stokes and Butler there, to to handle that acceleration. Then, then you know that that that's a very enticing prospect. And then, obviously, if if you do lose a quick wicket, you bring Pope in, then he can calm things down. But he can also then build up. You know, he he can still score as well. So that's why I move Pope down a bit. Um, and then, obviously, that's that's not set in stone. So if 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 Butler and Pope were swapped around, I you know that that wouldn't matter too much because I think I think they can both play very well um, at six or seven. Um, Butler would obviously be the wicket keeper as well in in in, in that team. Um, and then I've gone with Mark Wood as as one of my pace bowlers. And the reason I've gone with Wood is because he was rested in the last game. Um, but yes, let's not forget, he played reasonably well in Southampton. Um, and he was rested because of injury. And I think, so that's why I've chosen Wood over Archer, because I do think that if you've, rested Wood and then said, and then obviously Arthur, uh, then Archer doesn't play, you know, um, because of something that he's done. I, I, I think that then you can't then, 
you know, go back on your word and, and say to Mike Wood, well, sorry, you're not going to play in this test. I, I think that I think you should still uh, you should still play him. And I think that if if Old Trafford is fast, if, if the pitch is fast, um, or if it quickens towards the end of the game, as 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 we saw it doing the last test, um, then then Wood will be valuable there. So that's why I've gone with Mark Wood. Um, my spinner Don Bess, I, I agree with you there. Um, and then I've just gone with Jimmy. I haven't gone with Jimmy and Broad. Um, Jimmy obviously has to play. You can't take you know, because it wouldn't be we're, we're going to rest you again. It would be you've been dropped for this test, you know. Um, and and I don't think you can do that to, to, to England's bowler. Um, and and the reason I I haven't chosen Jimmy and Broad is because I I the one thing that I am wary of is that you don't want to sort of play both, you know, to keep both, um, you know, to, to, to give both chances of, of taking as many wickets as possible before the end of their career um, and neglect the younger players coming through. And, you know, you don't want to neglect them. So that's why I've um, uh, Jimmy there. And the one I forgot to mention was at eight, I've chosen Sam Curran. Um, because he makes things happen, as I've said, and and that's that's why I've chosen him because he makes things happen and he can bat as well. Um, so yeah, he, I've chosen him over Wokes, but it's just because in in those key moments or in those moments where things are looking a bit flat, um, especially in the second innings, uh, in, in spe- um, especially in the West Indies second innings, Curran actually made things happen, and he's got this knack for for getting things moving again. Um, so that's why I've chosen him. So yeah, that's that's yeah, my I, I, I will. Query um, best being put below Wood in the in the batting order. I think you'll be feel quite hard done by by that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. A, probably... for batsman. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, West Indies team then. Yes. So my yeah. West Indies team: Campbell, Brathwaite, Hope, Brooks, Chase, Blackwood, Dowrich, Holder, Roach, Joseph, and Cornwall. Okay, interesting. I've got Brathwaite and Campbell opening. Yeah. Then I've moved Brooks up to three. Okay. Blackwood to four. Hope to five. Oh. Chase at six. Dowrich at seven. Jason Holder at eight. Raheem Cornwall at nine. Kemar Holder at ten. Yeah. And Kemar Roach at eleven. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's, that's a pretty decent team as well. So, uh, yeah, I'll go through my... Um... Explain yourself. <laughs> I, I shall, I shall. Um, I've chosen sort of... I, I, I've, I've gone down the, the, the train of thought that the West Indies won't make a very wholesale changes to this team. So I think I've only actually changed one... Yeah, I've only, I've only actually made one change. Um, and, and that's Gabriel for Cornwall. Um, and the reason I've kept everyone else the same is that John Campbell, there's been a lot of talk about how maybe he should be dropped because his form has been a bit poor this series. But I think that he's, you know, I, I think he should be given another chance. Yeah, in, in, in the next test. Brathwaite, obviously, you can't drop him because he's, he's been your, he, he's, he is your best opener. Um, he's done brilliantly. So I'll keep Brathwaite there. I, I would still bring hope out at... Um, I still bring Hope out at um, three, and the reason I bring him out at three is that he's he's very Joe Denley esque in that he plays well, um, but he can only get to sort of twenty five or so before he nicks off or something like that. Um, but at the same time, he 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 can bat 
and 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 he can stay in for for a prolonged period. And it might he not he might not make the scores to back that up, but he does a useful job there of staying in. Um, Brooks, he's looking in fine fettle at the moment, so keep him at four. Um, Chase at five, uh, you know, because he gives you that option. He, he's your team's all-rounder, um, or he's one of your team's all-rounders. And um, he did make a 50 in the last test, so why not, you know, why move him for the sake of moving him, you know, keep him at five. Um, then Blackwood, he gives you that acceleration if you need, but then as we saw in Southampton, he can also bat sensibly if needed. He gives you, much like Butler, that acceleration if you need it. Um, Dowrich then, it will be wicketkeeper. Um, Holder at eight still. Um, you bring him in to be sort of the last of, of the batsmen and then, or, you know, last of the batsmen proper before you get into the tail. Um, and then I've kept Roach and Joseph um, and then rested Shannon Gabriel because, he, I mean, he needs a rest. He really needs a rest. Um, he, he, he's just, I mean, he's, he's a great bowler and he's a very committed player, but he is injured. There is something wrong with his foot and, and he, he needs to rest that. Um, otherwise, it's it's just not going to work for him in the next test, and it's not going to work for him going forward as well. So that's why I brought on Cornwall instead. You know, giving yourself then two spin options um, at Old Trafford, but also um, not just two spin options. You also got then a, a sort of a, um, a a spinner who actually spins, um, and and a, you know a, a proper spin. Um, and also, I just want to see Rakeem Cornwall play because he's, he's great. He's <laughs> we all want to see it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the rationale behind my team. Also, just to point out, the reason I brought in Cornwall is because with Holder, Roach and Joseph, you have enough pace there and you have enough, uh, you know, you have enough straight seam. Um, you need, you need, so, so there's going to be no detriment to this team uh, for resting Gabriel and bringing in another spinner. Yeah, I I disagree slightly in in a couple of places. Yeah. So I I agree absolutely on on the John Campbell front and the openers. Campbell definitely deserves another chance, and he's very good. Um, I have rejigged the middle order completely because yeah. um, I think Shea Hope deserves better, and Shea Hope plays at three, and and he he's got in this bit of chicken and egg situation where someone like yourself looks at him and goes, well, he's a bit Joe Denley. He, he gets to 20, 30 and he nicks off. Um, and we can't quite understand why when he played so well. But actually, if you look at his figures, that's because at number three, he averages something like 20. At five, he averages 50. Yeah. So he, he just, it, it's such a stark contrast for him that he deserves as, as one of the more senior, well, he's pretty young, but, He's been around on the short format yeah. a while and, and is a decently senior player in that squad. I think he deserves to be put in a place where he has the best chance of success and a spot where he averages 50. You've got to put him there. So so who, who would you bring in at three? So Shamar Brooks at three, because I think he is almost like a better Joe Denley. He will absorb those balls. He can yeah. deal with it, but also he can make big scores. He can kick on. And, and Sky did a fantastic piece of analysis on him. In terms of his, his trigger movements and batting style, he is near identical to Hashim Amla. And I'm not saying, he, I'm not saying he's as good as Hashim Amla, but, but, but he has, has the all same those thing. constituent pieces there yeah. to... And, and 
he's you know he's thirty something years old. He has played a lot of domestic cricket. Yeah. I think he, he has the the experience in in the domestic game to stand up to the new ish ball. Yeah. And 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 kind of see it off and also make a good score. Yeah. Blackwood then at four coming up from six because um, I think he's shown that actually he can rein in his natural aggression. And so I think he could pretty happily, when the ball, you know, if you're at four, the ball's not new. It's going to be a bit old. He can bat for a bit. He can yeah. keep his aggressive side reined in for a little. And then once you get down to where he would be coming in at six-ish around that time, then he can start the acceleration and he can still provide you that acceleration from the number four spot. Yeah. But when, when you've got Hope coming in after averaging 50 at that spot, that that's a that looks like a deadly partnership. Uh, Dowrich seems to be the best wicketkeeper they have. He's a, he's a, been struggling a bit, uh, especially with the bat. Um, but half of that is Shannon Gabriel putting the ball any which way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and a kind of inconsistent pitch. Yeah. Um, you know he he's a good player. He can can play, and I think that he yeah definitely he deserves another chance. Um, the other reason I'm I'm pretty happy to to rejig the middle order a bit, and um, kind of risk that, is because even if you move Blackwood up from six to four, and you're missing that kind of middle order acceleration, Jason Holder gives you that. He oh, yeah. he yeah. scored a double hundred at seven or eight. He's yeah. a fantastic player. He can bat well in a test match, and yeah. not only that, if you've ever watched him on a T20 or ODI game, you know he can hit the ball out the stadium. Like, he, he is a huge hitter. So It always surprises me that Holder plays at eight. And you and hmm. in any other team, you think, why? But then you have a look at the rest of the West Indies lineup, and, and you realise why. Because he's really the only place he can play without displacing someone else. <laughs> he's, he's a quality, quality batsman. So yeah. I think he provides yeah. that thing that Blackwood might not if he's reining in his aggression yeah. slot. Yeah, definitely. Um, Wrecking Cornwall at nine... Because, um, yeah, as you say, two spinners. Also, Rakim Cornwall is something like six foot five, isn't he? Something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and as Chase showed us, that slightly taller off spinner gets that uncomfortable bounce out of this surface, which I think Cornwall will really get. He gets turn. He took 10 against Afghanistan in, in the West Indies. He get, So he does turn it a lot more than Chase. And even Chase was getting some tweak out of the surface. But that that really kind of inconsistent, uncomfortable off-spinner's bounce, which catches the glove and, and catches the edge and the handle of the bat. Cor Cornwall's your man for that. And as you say, Gabriel ha needs a rest. He's yes, he does, yeah. so beaten up. Um, yeah. I think it's his groin that's troubling him. Yeah. He's, his accuracy's gone. Um, I think... I, I don't know if they're allowed to kind of come into the, the coaching environment, but next time he gets an opportunity to talk to them um, and they've been analysing him on the Sky coverage, he has a wealth of resources in the form of Ian Bishop and Michael Holding, who yeah. as former West Indians, he can oh, go yeah. and talk yeah. to. Yeah. And, and, and then some of the best West Indian fast bowlers as well. Some of the greatest bowlers yeah. of all time, let alone West Indians. And they were breaking down his technique and, talking to him and and actually Michael Holding is a man who if you look at Mark Wood his average has nearly halved in the last year because he talked to Michael Holding and Michael Holding said lengthen your run up 
and so Michael Holding is clearly a man you can go and talk to about this sort of stuff. And I think Shannon Gabriel definitely needs to do that. I'm, I'm um, sure there will be some discussions taking hmm. place. Um, one one thing they did identify is he was taking his thumb off the ball. So yeah, Holding and Bishop both bowled with their thumb on the ball like that. Yeah. Uh, YouTube, YouTube, like you can see listeners, you can't. But Gabriel was bowling with his thumb back off yeah. the seam and it's just, it's impacting his accuracy. So he needs to just go away for one test, rest up, heal, get talk to the coaches and just get his his yeah. run up right and his uh, accuracy right. Yeah. No um, I also rest Alzari Joseph. He was struggling with his triceps. He bowled in the the second innings, but not a lot. And he's a young guy. You don't want him to get hurt. I I think give him a rest. Kemar Holder, exciting new prospect. No relation to Jason. Um, cleaned up at the Under Nineteen World Cup inexperienced I think he'd be making his debut but he's he's fast and he's tall he can get the bounce out the surface he's a bit kind of like a lanky languid Joffre Archer type bowler a bit more of a slingy action he gets a good amount of bounce and a good amount of pace through and I think you know the the West Indies must realize actually now the momentum's with England it might be kind of hard for them to win this test now's a good time to get Holder in, give him some experience yeah. against, you know, w- one of the best teams in the world, dare I say, as an England fan. <laughs> um, Kemar Roach, I'll keep though. He didn't seem to struggle with injury yeah. at all and actually ended his wicket drought of something like 70 overs and seemed to be bowling better and better as the test matches have gone on. I think he's... In the first test, he didn't quite get back into his rhythm, and now he's found it. So I think he's got to stay in. So yeah, that that's my my desired West Indies team. I I I think it's a decent team. Obviously, I've got I, I have some different opinions, um, but I think bringing in um, bringing in young players, I mean, need to be done at some point. I don't know if they'll do it in a deciding test, um, but then obviously that begs the question of where do you do it then? Because every test is important now, especially yeah. in the championship. So there aren't any tests where you can think, well, if we lose this one, it doesn't really matter. So we can bring in, um, we can bring in some of our un- untested players. Um, but I would like to see, you know, Holder, uh, Kima Holder, also Bonner and, and, and some other of the exciting bas- batsmen, um, De Silva as well. It, you know, if they come in, um, it would be really interesting. Yeah, and it would be a nice time for them to make their debuts. Um, I'd be I'd be very sad to see Shannon Gabriel warming up for the next test. I, I think the man deserves a rest, and, and it, it would be a disservice to him from the coaching staff to force him to play. Yeah. Um, not that I not that I don't think he'll want to play. I, I have no doubt he'll be yeah. itching to get out there and prove himself. But the coaches have got to step in and say, "Look, Shannon, you you you're beat up. You've got to stop and just yeah. rest for, for one test. You've got." You know, I, I don't think they're playing actually for a while after yeah, this. Yeah, it's got but, a bit of a break. But then they go to Australia, I think. Yeah, and, and, that's, you know, that, 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 that's a T20 series, not a test yeah. series. But so Shannon Gabriel can, can bowl there and he'll have some fun there. And yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think he needs to rest. Right. So I am conscious of time. Um, mm-hmm. And therefore, I think we shall... I, I, th- I think it's time for us just to, to do our star player moment of the not moment of the day but but moment of the match and word to describe the match so so we'll just do those okay uh, and, and then we'll sign off 
Um, my man of the match uh, for England, I'm glad I get to go first. It's it's Stokes. It's got to be the man. It it is it. Um, you know, is it a batsman? Is it a bowler? No, it's Superman. <laughs> like he's he's a superhero, and my God, how can it not be? He played so well. Yeah. And oh, have I frozen? No, I haven't frozen. Uh, yeah, he he won the game. He won the game for England um, with his all-round performance, and he is the absolute epitome of an all-rounder. Oh, and he's is, really he's, seriously good. Yeah. Well, the the ICC rankings now confirm it, but if if anyone wants to be an all-rounder, he's the man to watch, and he he's the ideal. So, yeah, Ben Stokes definitely. Uh, West Indies man of the match. Oh, that's it, it's actually quite tricky. It's actually quite tricky. I think. Um, hmm. I think Shamar Brooks. I'm going to give it to. Yeah. Um, it's it's a bit of a toss up between him and Blackwood. Oh, actually, no, no. Sorry, I'm going to completely take that back. Special shout out to those two, Brooks and Blackwood, for batting well over both innings. But Roston Chase. Um, another all-round performance from him. Five oh, wickets yeah. and a 50. First, um, ever, um, has got first ever West Indian to take five wickets and uh, make a 50 in England ever. So, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. It, now, in the knowledge of that stat, it's got to go to Boston <laughs> Chase. He did really well and um, important bowling performance on a day where their bowling didn't always fire and, and held up England long and as long as he could um moment of the entire match oh if you give me moment of the day i know what i'd pick um oh okay i'm gonna cheat as usual i've got two uh the first one is um campbell dropping stokes i think Mm. ultimately if the West Indies did anything to lose the match, that was it, because that was such a kind of turning point, and Stokes went on to put England in such a commanding position from that. So, yeah, him being dropped on 30. The the moment I liked most in the match was the moment we talked about with Stokes earlier, where he went and saved the boundary yeah. off his own bowling. Unbelievable moment, and it it just shows complete heart, complete commitment, and a, a level of complete invincibility from Ben Stokes. Um, and word of the match, exciting. It was, it was really good, poised, even down to the last hour test cricket. It was a fantastic yeah. advertisement for the game. And um, yeah, I, I think we're really lucky as, as fans to have had the West Indies very, very graciously agree in these pandemic key times to come over here and, and put on such a fantastic series for us. So um yeah, absolute banger of a game, great series, and I am really, really looking forward to Friday when I'll be driving back from Wales listening to Test Match Special in the car um <laughs> for the first day. And yeah, it looks it looks like it's even regardless of what happens in the last game, it's been a great series and, and one of the better ones I can remember um in in recent times other excluding ashes series perhaps definitely um right so my 
England player of the match, Ben Stokes. I mean, it has to be Ben Stokes for, for all the reasons that you've outlined. It has to be Stokesy. Um, but a special mention to both Dom Sibley um, and also Dom Bess. Um, and Bessie because obviously he took his two wickets at the end, so he finally got his rewards. Um, and then Dom Sibley because he's proven himself in this match. Um, West Indies, I would say, player of the match, Roston Chase, um, for, for, for the stat that I outlined earlier. Um, you know, he's the first West Indian ever to take a 50, uh, to make 50 and take a Fifer in England. Um, and then my moment of the match, um, I'm going to go with Stuart Broad's spell on day four. Mm. Um, because that spell, the, the three, from, uh, three wickets from, um, from 14 balls, um, that really set up the game for England because before that, before he came into the attack, it was looking like it was going to be a very, um, you know, it was going to be a draw and the West Indies were going to bat out the day and that would be it. Um, but that didn't happen and England went on to win the game. So that was my moment of the match. And then my word to describe it would be impressive in the uh, impressive performance from England, but also impressive that even even though there was a there was a washed out day, it was still a bit, it was still very exciting, and that's a testament to both teams, really. So yes, that will be. Uh, can I just, can I just say, I think as as cricket fans, um, we've been so blessed over the last year. Yeah. Because if we look at what's happened, yeah, six months to a year, what's happened with with particularly the England Test team and the tours yeah. they've been on, the Ashes were fascinating and yeah. gripping and tense and everything that test cricket should be and what we wanted it to be and and when people uh you know our girlfriends and so on talk to us and say oh test cricket it's so boring and you know people who like the shorter formats of the game and think test mm -hmm. cricket's dead it did that Ashes series was exactly what Test cricket should be, and why we love it, and why we think it's exciting. We then went on to South Africa, fantastic, exciting, another gripping series, really even and tense again, lots of good action, um, and then yeah, this West Indies series, which it, it seems still like anyone could win. The momentum slightly with England, but definitely anyone could win it, um, especially when a draw or a loss for England means the Wisdom Trophy goes, stays in the West Indies. Yeah. So um, we've been so lucky as Test cricket fans, not only to be able to enjoy all this great Test match action, but also to, to be able to show it to our friends, show yeah. it to uh, people we know and go, look, this is, this is the stuff we love. You, you, you call us nerds and boring, dull anoraks, but this is why we love it. And um, it's really also inspired us to do this podcast. So yeah. I think really it's and, and we, we, will, we, we will cover the short form of the game as well. And, you know, when England play ODI games, uh, we will cover them and, and T20s as well. But as we said a few episodes ago, I think test cricket is, our, is, 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 is the reason that we love the game. You know, test cricket is brings everything to the table really um and it is the, our, our favorite format of the game and this series has really really done it proud and really shown why it's so brilliant and why why it survived for so long so yeah it's been brilliant been really good well fantastic thanks very much and we will be back 
um, on Friday. Friday for our coverage of the next test. Um, and this is our second test uh, that we've covered. And we thank you all for listening. It's been really good. So we will see you on Friday. Goodbye. <laughs>